to show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Off the Mass Podcast. And this week's episode, I always say every week's episode is a very special episode, and every guest is very special. And everyone is very special. All my guests are special. I enjoy talking to everyone, and I learn so much from everyone. I hope that you all, as listeners, learn so much from everyone, which is why I say everyone's a special guest. So this week's special guest is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner. A recent black belt and the first black belt guest on this podcast so it's a big business there um and a recent fight to win winner and flyweight so i would like to welcome to off the mats alex enriquez welcome alex how are you doing hey i'm doing great doing great how about yourself doing okay i'm happy to Finally get you on here. Converse page has, has always mentioned you to me. And yeah. I was just like, okay, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I didn't want to approach you. And then she was like, look, I'm just going to put you guys together here. Talk. So. Awesome. Thank you, Paige. And thank you for having me too. Uh, very excited about this. Absolutely. You know, thank you for doing this. Um, I know you got, got a busy schedule. Just, you know, again, uh, coming off a of fight to win victory, you're getting ready for the ADCC trials. So, the, yes. you finding time in your schedule to do this for me, <laughs> I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> so, just kind of jumping right into it with you coming off your big victory at fight to win. Uh, I guess you recent uh, recently promoted to black belt. So, congrats on that as well. Thank you. Um, thank you. Was this your first fight to win, or have you been doing fight to wins before in the past? So this was actually my second fight to win event uh, ever. The first one I did was um, the last time they were in Atlanta. Um, I forget around what month. I'm guessing it was in the summertime or so, but it was uh, against Fabiana George. I was a black belt. She, I was a brown belt. She was a black belt, um, and I had a, a lot of fun. Uh, and so this was my first uh, black belt debut or black belt debut match. And I was very glad that Seth was able to make it such a big uh, performance, big event for me and uh, for Atlanta as well. That's good, good. Uh, I Fight to Win has come here to Baltimore uh, quite a bit. And it's like whenever whenever they get out here my schedule's always messed up so i can never get out to watch my team and cheer them on so hopefully hopefully they can get back out here to baltimore soon and you know i'd like to be there in attendance and see the show but um but for you you know with getting prepped for the trials and then also having this i guess that all all the training kind of goes hand in hand at this point yes. for that so with you being a grappler, where did that start? Like, what, where did it come from for you? Was it just kind of a, you know, I see that you wrestled. So yeah. was it just kind of like, I, I, you know, I can't, I need an activity or were you like actively like looking at wrestling? Like, you know what, I'm gonna get out there. I'm gonna jack these cats up. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I actually was introduced to jujitsu by my older brother. Uh, uh, his name is Kevin, and he's uh, he's at my older half brother. He's a, about eleven years older than me. But when we were in the Philippines, we migrated from the Philippines when I was around five or six. He he at the time always was into fighting. He wanted to be a fighter. Uh, and eventually, by the summer of sixth grade, while we're here in Georgia, he got me. Uh, he introduced me into jujitsu and uh, first day and I, I loved it. It was amazing. And I kind of just kept going full time ever since then. I kind of never stopped being full time. But I mean, since I started when I was 11, I know a lot of people will like pick something up, kind of get busy and then come back later. But I was always, uh, I think, full time other than like injuries or like surgeries. But other than that, I was always training from like five, five to seven days a week uh, since I was 11. So I think that's what helped out a lot. Um, and then got into wrestling for jujitsu in high school and kind of continued with the both. Um, some at times focusing on one, but always a full time schedule for training. Oh, so that's cool. I, I hardly ever really see jiu-jitsu first and wrestling it's usually the other way around mm -hmm. at least from my yeah. experiences so that's actually pretty mm -hmm. cool uh i think that's almost more dangerous for for yeah, you know yeah. people going against you because it's like oh you know we got this you know jiu-jitsu grappler here we're not not too worried about it okay you you got just your jiu-jitsu game and then once they see oh wait a minute this is a wrestler too anytime we have a, a new wrestler coming to our gym Initially, my ego kicks in. I'm like, man, I want to go with film. As soon as I grab my wrist. Yeah. So, you're like, oh, I, I'm going to sit guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and then also my ego tells me, do not sit to guard. Yeah, that's so <laughs> Make them earn this takedown. Yeah, exactly. So with you get ready for the trials for uh, mm -hmm. ADCC, is this your first time for that? Or have you, so this is your first uh, for the trials yes. Yes. Um, what's what's that been like so far just kind of prepping for it um so the first time i uh, this past east coast trials was the first time i ever considered doing adcc trials i've always heard of adcc being a bit of uh of course being a big fan of it it's like the olympics for jiu-jitsu but uh i just i guess it never just crossed my mind and i focused a lot on d in the past and now i've been slowly making this transition into you know nogi is blowing up and so figured you know uh this is another term i have to do it um and so uh when east coast trials came around unfortunately we didn't have the biggest camp for it because we had just come off of Nogi World's camp. We were training really hard for about uh, probably 10, 12 weeks, uh, specifically in the IBJJF rule set for Nogi Worlds. I was able to capture the title for that, and that was my first world title ever. Um, Andy and or Nogi, it was my first title, a uh, world title. And then after that, I had planned this uh, camp, uh, this vacation in Brazil, uh, doing the Cayo Terra camp, 
that just lined up right after Nogi Worlds and a week before ADCC trials. And I had already paid the deposit and everything. And I was like, I want to go to Brazil. I don't, I haven't been out of the country since uh, I basically moved here from the Philippines. So it was a opportunity I didn't want to miss. So we were still training in Brazil. Kyotera had trainings every day, twice a day. And it was, it would switch between gi and no gi. So, uh, but it was more like, you know, seminars. We still had lots of roles, uh, opportunities to roll. And it was uh, an amazing trip. But of course, being that it was like a week away from ADCC East Coast trials, it wasn't the, probably the best plan, but it, uh, it wasn't too bad. I ended up getting second. And so I realized, oh, wow, maybe I do have a, a shot at this. And uh, as soon as I got my black belt in December, Professor Bruno uh, Frazado and I had uh, sat down and talked and he wants like, you know, my first year at black belt to be amazing because he really believes in, in me, him and Nathan, uh, Professor Nathan Hadley, the Nogi coach um, has been putting their like time and effort, everything into helping me succeed. I've been very thankful for that. And so we decided that we were going to focus on um, strictly Nogi for the first half of the season, trying to get ready for ADCC trials. If I want to win something this big, I want I need to put 100% of my focus into it rather than uh, splitting my time between Gi and Nogi. So this has been ever since like January 1st is when we started training again for it. And it's just been, the training's been intense. And so even with the last minute notice for fight to win in Atlanta, they actually got delayed a week and we didn't know if they were going to have the event. So I ended up getting the match against Toledo in like a week or less notice, but we were already ready. We were, um, we kind of stay prepared is the mission and goal for everything. So it sounds like with your camp, you all have kind of a, a very organized like plan. And that's not to say others aren't organized, but this, you know, like the point of, you know, focusing strictly on no gi, mm -hmm. you know, for the first half, you know, that's interesting. And, you know, some, you know, a good, a good ideal where many will kind of work between the two and, mm -hmm. You know, it's still doing well, but I like the idea of of that single focus, you know, for the first half. And then, you know, you reevaluate and come back to, you know, gi afterwards. So good. With you being an active competitor and really pursuing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on a pro level, you know, what what drives you as far as like just, uh, you know, your c competitive edge? Uh, I think... Honestly, it'll probably stem from the way my parents raised me. Um, them being immigrants, them, I grew up watching them work super hard when we moved to the States. They both worked two to three jobs when we initially moved here. And it wasn't so like, uh, our life was really good. We were pretty affluent and in the Philippines, we came from, you know, good money and then the, the whole, you know, American dream. They wanted a better life for and better education for my uh, my my brothers and I. So uh, we trans uh, when we migrated here, I mean, it was like kind of starting over and uh, it was, you know, I watched them work really hard. And so um, I feel like they just instilled that like if you work really hard you could get to um everything 
that you want in life as long as you work for it. And it might, it's not going to be easy, but it just kind of worked out that way. So, I mean, I feel like when I started jujitsu at 11, like very first day, I was like, oh man, I really love this. I didn't expect it to be like my career, but I just kept with it. And, you know, what else was I going to do when I was in like middle school and high school? So I would just go to the gym, like as much as I can. And it became something that I, uh, by the time I got to college, I was, uh, I finally decided like this, I want to pursue this, you know, I want to pursue my dreams rather than getting uh, um, a regular, a regular job. So and I was super young, so I was like, why not go for it? Go all in, like put my all my uh all my chips into one bag just to try it. And then if it doesn't work out, I'm still probably gonna be uh in my mid late 20s. I could still do something else. I mean, you you said it right there though. It's like you're young, why not go for it now? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, even if you're you're older you know, at times it's like, try it. I mean, I know at certain points there are different risks. I know for myself being, you know, in my forties, I can say mm -hmm. to myself, I want to pursue this, but then I also have to keep in mind, you know, some, you know, other factors, but it still doesn't hurt to just shoot for the stars. I mean, you only have one life, right? Might as well. That is a fact. You never want to be at that point later on where you're like, well, what if? What if I would have yeah, done this? Exactly. What if I would have done that? Mm -hmm. So, good. And also, a, another key fact there, too, is, you know, you graduated. You know, graduated college. So, it's like, you know what? You, you have that in your back pocket, too. So, mm -hmm. good. Yeah. What are some of the challenges? Uh, I know it's still kind of early on for you, you know, pursuing you know the pro career what have been some of the challenges that you've encountered um injuries lots of injuries especially uh most of my major injuries have come from wrestling uh just because it's like a high impact sport not that jujitsu isn't but in terms of you're always starting on your feet uh just like landing forces and stuff like that um so injuries uh thankfully financial uh wise has been uh the, it's been working its way uh, out really well. I've been really thankful for that because of uh, sponsors. Uh, the gym has always uh, has helped us um, to uh, make it so that we can be more full time. And um, you know, uh, my my partner Faye uh, Faye Charrier, she's also uh, she's a brown belt in jujitsu, uh, also a competitor. Uh, and so we've kind of just been working together to make uh, ends meet and so that we could live the the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, you know. And when we travel, it's not anything bougie at all. <laughs> when we travel, we, we would even stay at, like, gyms. Uh, she's stayed at a gym before um, just so, like, you know, you can compete. But that's, like, the jiu-jitsu lifestyle, and it's, it's so much fun, um, even if it's not for everyone. <laughs> I think that's a beautiful thing about jujitsu, though, is, you know, you have those tales and those adventures where it's like, I, I feel like people on the outside looking in is like, what? Mm -hmm. You're sleeping at the gym? Yeah, exactly. 
you know, even, you know, when you have, you know, gym owners, you know, as they're, mm-hmm. you know, early on opening, the, you know, starting their gym up, and it's like, sure. that's what they're sleeping on the mats, you know, mm-hmm. so jujitsu is that sport, though, where you, you it's a, a labor of love, you know, yes. for sure. For sure, yes. So with competing, you know, because I see you got a, uh, Let's see here. Girls and Geese, Fight the Win, IBJJF, Subs on the Shore. You got the trials mm-hmm. coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Discounting, you know, the trials right now out of, you know, everything because that's upcoming. But the, mm-hmm. uh, everything that you've done thus far, you know, what's one of your um, highlight moments that you're most proudest of? Proudest of? Um, although, like, I mean, there's... Uh, when we were coming back from COVID, when tournaments started opening up, they had uh, like um, IBJJF gi pans and no gi pans, uh, and I was able to uh, you know double gold in those. But I think the actually, uh, I guess proudest is not necess- not necessarily the tournaments that I've like won, and uh, it's most mostly actually um, receiving my black belt. Um, at uh, at the gym and Professor Bruno Frazzato also allowed my old, older uh, coach uh, Steve Mitchell to retie my black belt around me, and that was like by far like the most amazing uh, amazing thing I've ever like experienced in, uh, in my life. It's so rewarding after um, after starting jujitsu when I was eleven, receiving all my belts from uh, Steve Mitchell and then making that uh, switch uh, as a brown belt when I was about to receive my black belt from Steve. Uh, but he understood that I wanted, uh, if I wanted uh, to pursue all this like very competitive jujitsu that um, I wanted, I needed, uh, you know, training partners, uh, a lot of consistent, maybe younger um, and competitive training partners. And he understood that. so. Um, yeah, he gave me the blessing to switch over to Otto Salana under Bruno Frazzato, and it's just been so rewarding. Everything uh, that I've been able to accomplish after the switch has just been, you know, I feel like it's finally happening. All the all the losses back then, and I feel like all of the the rest, the switching back from wrestling and jujitsu has finally started to pay off. Um, because it was difficult. There was a lot of times where I feel like I could have won multiple world champs in the colored belt um, days, but it would just align either Nogi Worlds was during wrestling season. And then when Gi Worlds would come around, I would just be getting out of wrestling and I'd be super rusty from uh, doing wrestling to try to switch back and regain everything that I could in like a month or less to get ready for D worlds was, it was, uh, it, it was difficult, very difficult, but, um, it's all kind of paying off now. Um, I've been able to start winning more and more titles because of that wrestling. And that's why I did it in the first place, but also I didn't want to, uh, miss out on an opportunity. And like, what if I never wrestled or what if I, like, I wanted to be a collegiate athlete and just like the experiences too. So I didn't want to miss out on any experiences growing up too. I like the, you know, your approach and your philosophy to things. It's just like, there's an opportunity, take it, don't mm-hmm. miss it. So that's, that's very, um, just, you know, I feel like a lot of people can learn from that. So 
Thanks for sharing that. So with you um, graduated, you graduated with a degree in exercise science and kinesiology? Yeah, uh, yes, correct, correct. Okay. Over at Life University, yes. So like just, I guess, you know, that all kind of inter intertwines with being a wrestler, being a uh, mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu player. So that's good also uh, because you know your body and, you know, you don't run into those scenarios where it's like, you know, you're not understanding something. You have a, a pretty decent understanding of, you know, your nutritional needs and, and physical needs when it comes to rest and, you know, when to turn up the intensity for yourself. So that's good. Mm -hmm. A good combination of things. Being the competitor that you are, and I know, you know, jujitsu and wrestling, you know, that that's there in your pocket. Have you ever thought about or considered MMA down the line? Uh, actually, yes. Yes. Everyone's always asked me, uh, before, um, and when I was growing up, when I first started doing jujitsu, I would always do kickboxing, a little bit of kickboxing and Muay Thai. And I actually had a lot of fun about it because I mean, being Filipino, um, especially on the stand-up part boxing, like Manny Pacquiao was, you know, part of your childhood growing up. So, um, boxing was definitely really big. Uh, and I had fun with it. I, I'm left-handed, so it made it even more, you know, like, oh, man, back out of Southpaw, too. So, <laughs> um, but uh, the goal right now is to focus uh, and win a lot of things and the black belt become a very, you know, well-recognizable um, black belt and make it. And then uh, later down the road, make that cross into MMA because uh, I just didn't want to take a bunch of damage um, and hits uh doing through uh, amateur instead of kind of doing what you know the big name jujitsu people like Mackenzie Dern, Bushesha, um uh among others that have uh trans or that have gone into MMA later in their career so that um they could get signed on with a uh, a really um a really big uh promotion uh right away uh, and I think that's that's smart on their part, you know, they're taking less damage on their bodies and they're very well equipped on the ground and they're just learning the stand up portion of it. But it's you're already getting rewarded for that rather than taking all this damage in amateur uh, amateur fights, you know. So I think that's what I'm planning to do right now. Um, so when a, a lot of stuff at Black Belt and then later on down the road, uh, possibly go into MMA for sure. At least like once I've had like one amateur fight in Ohio, maybe, uh, a, a couple or a few years back. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Um, and, uh, I ended up subbing the girl via arm bar in like 30 seconds. As soon as I was like, I'm going to stand up with you. And as soon as she threw a jab and I, 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 I slipped it, but it slightly grazed my head because we're still wearing like the three or five out the small gloves we're wearing small gloves and the moment i felt that i was like oh i gotta take you down <laughs> it's just like the whole jujitsu kick kicked in and i was like oh i was gonna stand up and i totally forgot to but i think that's an automatic thing with with the grapplers periods like oh, sure. i, I, I want to stand up i want to test my hands i want to yeah. test my striking and as then soon as you get hit you're like oh <laughs> it's like nope don't like that let's let's yeah. uh let's go where i'm where i'm comfortable 
Mm-hmm. That's good though. Uh, just you know, want to make that transition, you know, because it shows that you know you're not just saying, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to be the big fish in a small pond here in the jujitsu world. Yes. You know, if the time comes, it's like you know what, let's transition. Let's continue to grow. That's yes, that's really really awesome. That's a really big thing for me for sure. Um, I've always prided myself upon like wanting to be wanting to be the best in the room but also you know being humble and open to you know always learning new things like when I wrestled you know I went from winning everything to in jiu-jitsu and getting to getting my butt kicked every day in the wrestling room and it's just like it sucked it's so new at first not winning all the time but it was so humbling and rewarding and it's made uh, my jujitsu career now even uh, and journey even more rewarding and uh, uh, better because I feel like I can handle uh, loss. I can handle adversity very well um, at even, you know, a younger age compared to, you know, uh, maybe some, some others. I think that's an important thing too is understanding when you're going into anything different or new coming off a, you know, another area where you're, you, you're, you know, doing well, you have to understand, look, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to take some bumps. I'm going to take some losses. And I think that gets to people very on early on. So mm-hmm. I, I know it messes with me. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's difficult. And it's, I feel like not a lot of people have, you know, the, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is for it, but like, uh, you know, to, to be able to swallow their pride and just be able to be the little fish again, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think that's, it's just thing. People were built different mentally, physically, just the heart is different. You know, for mm-hmm. some, you know, they invite that challenge, mm-hmm. you know, especially, you know, you grapplers that are on the, on a heavy competition level. It's mm-hmm. like, it's almost in a way where you're looking at it from the outside, at least. It's like, we look up to it. Mm-hmm. And, but we also realize, you know, I, I don't know that I'm built for that. Yeah. Because, because, <laughs> um, you know, I just had a post recently uh, from a previous guest and, you know, she put up a reel of all her losses, you know, not all her losses, but, you know, yes. some of her losses and, you know, that's tough, you know, to, to be able to, to know, show put, that to the public. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're such a society built on, you know, showing all the positives and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you definitely mm-hmm. want to highlight your, your wins, mm-hmm. but, you know, knowing that, you know, you, you all that are champions, you know, you all weren't champions from, you know, in yeah. every walk, you know, you had to take those bumps. So, you know, just having that understanding is, you know, amazing. And also for us listeners, you know, it, it's good to hear because it, it gives us kind of ideal. Now it's like, I have to swallow my pride. You know, mm-hmm. if, if Alex here as a black belt, as a champion, you know, goes out there and, and, you know, knows that, look, I, I got to start from the bottom again in this new arena and then fight through and climb through, you know, you know, maybe I need to, you know, take that same lesson and, and mm-hmm. humility and, you know, 
to it as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, thank you for sharing that. That's just your thoughts on that. So you've kind of gone through your jujitsu and grappling career. You know, now you've gotten up to to black belt. I know you work with Paige mm-hmm. uh, down yes. there in Atlanta, which is is awesome. Like I talk to my family, like, you know, I want to go down to Atlanta. Like, like, like why? You know, it's like, 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 where are we going to Atlanta for? I want to go grapple. I got friends down there. I want to do jujitsu. Yeah. Anytime I plan a trip, it's, mm-hmm. it's for jujitsu. It's not for sightseeing. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what traveling has been to. Didn't make an excuse to go anywhere as long as like, you know, I'm going to go do a, a tournament or just go do a seminar or whatever. And then, Go and then enjoy the rest of my vacation. <laughs> We've talked about possibly going to Sweden, and oh, the only yeah. reason that came up is because I have a friend over there that does jujitsu, and I'm like, "Yeah, we can go here." My wife's Let's like, go. "Yeah, this just sells the whole trip." <laughs> my wife's definitely- like, she's like, "Oh, that looks beautiful." I'm like, "Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's it's amazing. We should go to yeah. this exact spot." Yeah, to this exact spot where there's a gym inside. <laughs> it's like, why are you packing your gi? <sighs> you know, Just you never case. know. You never know. <laughs> exactly. It's like Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, I, don't know. Exactly. I can't leave without my super suit. <laughs> um, but yeah, with, um, you know, working through your uh, jiu-jitsu career um, and, you know, specifically, you know, working with Paige is – like as far as coaching goes, um, how's that work for you? Are you like, you know, kind of a full on coach or just kind of working here and there? Well, uh, I've been thankful because, uh, I mean, if you want to be, you know, if you want to make money from jujitsu, you can't just expect to, you know, make your the bulk of your money or all your money from competing. You know, you if you want to have a life or career in jiu-jitsu, I definitely think you have to learn how to uh, teach and be an instructor, uh, amongst other things, like being a business business uh, person and everything. Uh, but uh, I was fortunate enough, uh, I used to work, uh, I still work part-time as a server uh, in a restaurant here in Atlanta. Um, but it's uh, I've been able to do to more and more privates, more and more regulars like Paige, uh, been able to start transferring and uh, work less and less at the restaurant and be more full-time and teaching and being uh, an instructor. And I I absolutely love it. I started being able to teach classes when I was 16, like a kid's program over at Knuckle Up. And since then just acquired lots of, um, you know, uh, lots of experience with teaching uh, and I really enjoy uh, of anything. I feel like being a coach is almost uh, more rewarding at times than winning the competition yourself. I get more nervous for uh, my students and my teammates sometimes uh, than, than myself competing. And it, it's like it wears so much on the body because I feel like I get so stressed and anxious but then and then uh whether they win or lose it's like afterwards you don't get to work that anxiety out or the stress out because you weren't competing on the mat so it's just it's a lot it's very tiring being a coach but um i love it it's so rewarding and i'm very thankful for all my like atlanta uh, natives and regulars that have been making it possible for me to 
live a more jujitsu, like a full-time jujitsu lifestyle and work less at the restaurant and uh, eventually make that transition into full-time uh, jujitsu. Why is jujitsu important to you? Um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's just, it's become my life. I don't want it. I don't really want to be like, uh, just like Alex who does, uh, or Alex, the jujitsu player. Um, I do want to be like Alex who does jujitsu, uh, but can also be identified with other things. And I feel like, um, uh, going through a lot of injuries, uh, will definitely, that's like a big thing I actually learned and studied through school as well as like, and also with the wrestling, uh, wrestling community, um, when I went to college is that, you know, that identity crisis, um, a lot of athletes go through when they get injured and then they realize it's like, oh my God, my whole life has just been this sport. And then I don't know what I am without it or something. So I want to just like always, jujitsu is very, uh, important to me. Um, it's, uh, I've found, uh, my, you know, best friends, my partner, uh, through jujitsu and like people I would consider my family now, um, because of jujitsu. Uh, and it's just taken me, uh, to places around the world, um, and great, the biggest highs and biggest lows, uh, just because of everything that you experience as a competitor and, uh, through sports. So, um, uh, is just been a huge part of my life, especially as a, as a kid, like 11 years, it's been like maybe 11, almost 12 years that I've been doing jujitsu. So it has definitely shaped, uh, my life. And it's, uh, it's definitely a big factor into, uh, who I am now as, uh, you know, a young adult, uh, and I'm thankful for it for sure. Have you ever had the, especially having so many years in, in jujitsu uh period have you ever had to utilize your grappling in an outside situation <laughs> yeah actually uh thankfully uh no um if anything i got into fights as like a kid uh when i was uh when i was um before we moved to the uh to the states i was in like i, I was in kindergarten or something um, and in the Philippines, I was very, I uh, was actually obese because my mom, uh, fed me appetite pills as a kid and she fed me too much. And I blew up. I like literally was like a, a rolling, like a bowling ball on the street. And it was hilarious because she wanted a chunky baby. That was why. And so I ended up getting bullied at school for being fat, you know? <laughs> and so, and my bully was like some um some first grade boy so he was older than me and I was in kindergarten he would, kept calling me piggy and uh and I would I didn't want to go to school anymore like after a while and my my mom was like well why don't you why what, what's going on like why don't you want to go to school and she, and I told him I had a bully and uh and then she was like I can't do anything about that you have to go there and beat him up 
and I was like, all right, well, so you know where I got my, my fight. My mom has like the shortest temper and she will fight anyone. My dad has like uh, patience. So I feel like I got his patience, but like my mom's like ability to fight and everything and just wanting to fight everyone definitely got it from her. And so I ended up beating up my bully I'm just like because I was much bigger than him he was really skinny and so maybe that's why yeah I was maybe he was just jealous that I was eating like more like better food than him I don't know <laughs> and so I like took him by the collars uh and like went like bam bam on him because I was that much bigger than him <laughs> so uh I feel like that was literally probably the only fight I had uh from like real fight like not like in the sh like in the streets and I'm like you know fortunately I haven't had to fight anyone on the streets but like when I work on at the restaurant my my manager always assigns me to like uh like try to break up any scenes and stuff and I'm like no man I, I don't want to touch these like uh, I don't want to, I, I'm very much a pacifist, which is crazy. I like try to avoid fights uh, and like, cause I'm like, I don't know. Like what if they like pull out a knife and stuff? Like jujitsu is great, but I can't pull guard on the, <laughs> the streets and stuff. Like I'm probably just going to grab a chair nearby and throw it at him. <laughs> so, see, this is why I avoided MMA for a long time. This is why I'm doing this route because I don't get to have, I get to, uh, I don't have to get hit as much, but you know. Well, I think a lot of a lot of the best grapplers are pacifists. They want to avoid the conflict, yeah. and talk it down. You know. So, I always ask that question because, you know, I, you, all the jokes, you know, jujitsu won't work in the streets, and da 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 blase, and it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, probably. <laughs> but but yeah it's like you said you know what if they pull out a weapon you know yeah exactly well my cousins they always say that it's like what if i have you know you know a gun or something it's like well if you don't have one <laughs> i know it's like whoa that's, not <laughs> that's cheating <laughs> yeah um so yeah i always i always ask because it's like i just want to try to check the temperature of everybody's like experiences it's like, have you had to do anything like restrain somebody or, you yeah. know, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure everyone that I've asked the question to, well, I've, a couple people have said like, no, I've jacked some people up. And I was like, yeah, you probably should seek help, like some uh, anger management. Right. Like, Maybe you like the, like beating up people on the streets a little too much. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that could have been talked down, dude. Like, yeah. what right. are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm always just trying to check the temperature. Like, okay, what's your experience with this? Because my yeah. experience, like, I, I don't, I don't mess around. I don't go out. I'm like, man, why don't you go out? Man, people want to fight. I don't want to fight. Yeah, people want to fight all the time. I'm like, I don't want to fight. Like, my mom's a hothead, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think myself, I used to be. I think just as time went on, I realized there's no, I don't really have any need to get angry. Um, yeah, right. it so. just takes too much, takes too much energy. But now I see my daughter with that temper uh, now. It's like, shit. <laughs> She's like, where are you, dad? This guy. Yeah. Me 
which it's weird because like one of our neighbors it's like the kid they're, they're good friends they play together but the kid she doesn't know boundaries so she mm-hmm. gets my daughter's space and my daughter yeah. does not she hates it mm-hmm. uh, and we tell her like just let her know that you don't like it mm-hmm. and you can see the wheels turn and it's like she's like oh. Does that, does that mean? Like, like, do not hit her. <laughs> I was like, it's going to happen. One day, and, and I think both of them are the kind of kids that, they, you know, fight fighting is their first instinct. And it's like, hey. So I, I think most kids, for yeah. the most part, it's like just that physical. But mm. it's like, like you got to be kind of coached or talking to or made to understand that hey use your words which is you know when he's working preschool mm-hmm. that's that's one of the lines we always say with the kids use your words so yeah yeah so that's the thing with 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 grapplers on the street we use our words <laughs> um, yeah for the so, most part if you touch me then it's gonna be a then it's all yeah yeah it's like Okay, you gave me permission. Exactly, um, exactly. I didn't start it. <laughs> and and, that, and that's especially important when the police report is written. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, exactly. I was exactly. I was sitting here drinking my Mountain Dew, and yeah. this guy came oh, over yeah. and <laughs> he said, "I want all the smoke." <laughs> exactly. He asked for it. Yeah, exactly. I would just respond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gave him what he wanted. He asked for it. I, <laughs> I, I'm a giver. Yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, with your experience in grappling and coaching, uh, what what's something that you would say is important for a a first time or an early on grappler to know in a sport? What would you? What's some advice you would give them early on? Um. If you're just being introduced to uh, jujitsu, um. I'd say just have a very open mind um, and, you know, uh, be open to learning and everything. I feel like when you first start jujitsu, it's like a tsunami of information coming at you and everyone uh, gets it differently. So don't worry about uh, everybody else or like the other white belt that maybe have started uh, at the same time as you. Like, don't worry about the other people's progress. You just focus on your own um and and that'll lead to you know a more happy experience for you and as well as you know be aware of the gyms that uh you go to um and you know don't be afraid to you know try out other gyms cross train uh kind of like you know when you're first uh first moving to a new area or something looking for a new jiu-jitsu gym uh, I say not like just sign up at the first gym you find, like go out there and see what's, what the right fit is for you, you know, uh, find your perfect pair of jeans, I guess. <laughs> so, so you can see all the different kind of cultures and stuff and see whatever fits you best. With ADCC upcoming, when, when is that set for the trials? The uh, West Coast Trials is April 2nd and 3rd in Vegas, uh, I believe. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Over the years, with so much jiu-jitsu and wrestling in your life, did you run into any kind of a burnout during that time? And then oh. kind of the follow-up to that is 
you know, with the ADCC trials, you know, coming up in April, you know, what's your kind of training split looking like in, in times of rest and break times? Oh, for sure. Um, that was a big thing, a big learning curve, of course, uh, just being full time all the time, especially when I was like younger, I could just go train however much I want and not have to worry about my body. But as I got older, got through injuries, I got much better at active recovery, especially going through, you know, school, learning uh, and learning about my body and how, you know, how to cut weight properly, how my body responds, different diets, nutrition. Um, right now I have, um, uh, our, uh, and especially after big tournaments, uh, our Bruno would always be very set on, okay, you're going to take uh, a week off at the gym. Because even if you're fine, like he wants you to have rest. He wants you to not be, to be um, not just physical rest, but mental, emotional rest um, and health so that, you know, you're happy when you're training. And I really like that, um, that approach that he's done. Uh, so that's why, it, like, the whole, like, I think December, right after D Worlds, he just, like, had us rest for, like, two, three weeks. And he's like, don't really just do things that, you know, so that you're having fun. And so you're not, you know, when we come back, it's going to be hard training because from January to April, it's just going to be miserable. <laughs> but, you know, it's all part of it. And uh, after competing a lot this past year, since, uh, since, Ever since like tournaments started back up, I've I've definitely like towards the end of last year, I was getting burned out from all the competitions back to back, and so um, my schedule now and for ADCC we've kind of uh, worked. Uh, we talked about going back to wrestling to put wrestling back into the mix because ADCC is very big on the feet, um, and so there's a lot of things that you know uh, I was doing the schedule I kind of have right now is um, I teach Monday mornings at the 6 a.m. Uh, I end up having like um, 9 a.m. drills, like just technique drills. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll probably go lift um, Monday mid, uh, mid morning or late morning or early afternoon. I'll come back to the gym later that evening, teach the kids class and then train jujitsu. And it's all no gi training. Um, that night, um, Tuesdays are usually I train in the morning, uh, and then I have wrestling in the afternoon, and then train at night. So Tuesdays uh, and Thursdays are actually uh, the same, and those are kind of me, uh, kind of like my big kind of a lot of a lot of volume uh, days. But if uh, but you know I'll kind of switch it around. I don't have to do every training session. Doesn't have to be live. I try to be smart about my training so I'm not uh, doing too much damage. Um, Wednesdays are traditionally my off days. I still teach the 6 a.m. morning classes, teach 6 a.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Um, I'll have some privates uh, right after the 6 a.m. and then teach again at night for the kids, uh, but usually take the night off. So the it's just working uh, jujitsu work so i'm still moving my body and i'll probably do some active recovery that day whether it be get a massage uh dry needling uh chiropractor um going out for walks simple active recovery stuff to help prime my body for the rest of the week thursday was you know train in the morning wrestling uh in the afternoon and then train at night friday is 6 a.m 
then I'll usually have a private before um, 9 a.m. drills and then tech uh, or and then competition training again Friday morning. And then I usually maybe I'll have a, a, a private that afternoon. And then that's usually Fridays are usually when I go to work at the restaurant at night. Um, so I usually come into work 4 p.m. to close. And then Saturday morning I have uh, – 10 a.m. the kids class and then 11:30 training, um, and then I'll have privates. But I have now. I'm really glad I have the weekends off from the restaurant. Uh, the whole weekend, so I have Saturdays off from the restaurant to either just teach more privates and relax, have more fun, do some active recovery. Um, Sundays I usually lift. Uh, so lifting is oh yes. Yeah, so I usually lift anywhere from two to three times a week. So Monday, usually Monday, Wednesday, Sundays are kind of the lifting days. And I lift with uh, Mo Travis, uh, Monique Travis. She's been in charge of my strength and conditioning since I was 14. And I've just been able to see so much growth. And uh, I learn a lot. And that's um, uh, in terms of just technique. And it's almost really fun. It's like learning a whole new sport, kind of getting into the whole CrossFit thing. It's not like all our workouts are CrossFit uh, related, but I'm learning a lot about lifting and I, I'm enjoying it a lot. So, uh, instead of being like a, a personal trainer, so to speak, I, I probably am going to get my CrossFit level one, uh, certification because I really, uh, enjoyed what I learned from, uh, Mo and, uh, it is just helping me become a better athlete overall, knowing more about, you know, the proper, uh, uh, proper ways to lift and everything and what this does for your body. So uh, Sundays are usually my lift days, teach, and then kind of I sit down, I program uh, for the next week what we're going to be learning in class and uh, meal prep for the week. So lots of cooking, cooking on Sundays. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's usually what my traditional week uh, looks like. Um, and it's just like rinse and repeat. Um, and so, but Bruno's always very big on if you, you know, your body's not feeling right, um, you know, maybe do less a day, we'll adjust, we'll tweak the schedule, whatever need be, whether I just come in to just do technique or just take a rest, a rest day and do some active recovery. But rest days are never just like not do anything and sit on the couch because that I feel like it does more harm for you and just like go out for a walk or you know go uh do some yoga foam roll do whatever so that you know moving my body always feels better than not for sure yeah that point that you made there about you know just sitting on the couch for rest yeah yeah that is damaging because i I know for myself prior to jujitsu i was just heavy into lifting weights and just, just always basketball, football, lifting weights, running all these things. Mm-hmm. There was never the thought in my mind. I'm, I'm going to treat myself by sitting on the couch today. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, it, like I kind of, I, I think as I got older, you know, and I'm doing jujitsu and I'm getting banged up there. I kind of start to slip away. Well, I definitely slipped away from football and basketball just schedule wise. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get, to the courts and football. I mean, look at, I started jujitsu at 37. So 
yeah. you know, doing football after that. I was like, nah, buddy. Tom Brady just retired. <laughs> so, and I, yeah, it's tough. It's a lot of impact. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm no Tom Brady. So, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, you know, when you find those moments where you're like, look, I'm just going to sit here on the couch and treat myself, you know, and just kind of rest and, and take a break. It's, yeah, it's more damaging. And, you know, I fall into those, those poor habits of, uh, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'm just going to sit down and rest. I'm recovering. And then mm-hmm. next thing you know, you, you know, you, you can get too comfortable with it or, you know, you stiffen up, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it, it can get, get pretty gross. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, you know, one question I want to ask also just with being an active competitor and, you know, having seen the matches that you've seen, do you have any, you know, if there's like a dream scenario, anyone you can pick to say, I want to, you know, compete against this person, male or female? Yeah. doesn't matter. Or alien. I don't know. I, I, Earth is a wild place. I don't know. We might have aliens out here. Like, there's some, there's some yeah. grapples that I question. I feel like, we could definitely be real. We're like a small speck in the universe. I feel like there's got to be something else out there. We're, we're not the only ones, I'm sure. Yeah, we're definitely not the only ones. Uh, um, but uh, I think uh, competition-wise, like my dream scenario, I've uh, I've idolized like Bianca Basilo in my head. She was uh, one of like the people, one of the biggest athletes I've looked up to. Um, they also has a dog named after Bia. <laughs> so we do have a dog named Bia, which is even funnier. Uh, but uh, he was, she's, to me, she's like the featherweight world champ and she's the ADCC world champ. So I feel like she's the one to beat when it comes down to it. And uh, I think dream scenario would be probably uh, facing her in the finals of ADCC and winning, you know, um, via submission would be the most amazing like cherry on the top. But, you know, just winning is, uh, you know, winning against her or whoever at ADCC finals. First thing is, like, you know, making ADCC this year. So that would be a dream. So getting a spot for ADCC is the first goal. And then after that, it's winning, winning it. Absolutely. Well, I'm optimistic in, in, you know, your progress going to the trials and, you know, actually making it. So I'm looking forward to it. So we'll go ahead and uh, get ready to wrap up here. But Alex, thank you for doing this. Thank you for making the time for this. This has been a, no, an amazing experience. No, thank you for having me. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this and uh, I'm thankful that uh, Paige uh, connected us. Uh, to make this happen. Yeah. Hey, like I said, she's mentioned you to me and I'm just like, it's weird because I do a podcast. I should be better about approaching people. I'm like, I'll, I'll approach them. I'm like, but what if they say no? It's funny. I've sent, I've sent messages to people and I see that they've seen it. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, how could you? Come on. I'm a podcast. Man. It's like, it's you awesome. could at least say no. And then yeah, exactly. there are people who say yes. And I'm like, like, like unexpectedly, I'm like, oh my god! They, yeah, like, right. Like I've asked, I've asked two people specifically, 
and they said yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I expected a no, so I didn't really have a plan. So <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I didn't think we we're gonna get this far, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's like putting yourself out there. I didn't for I wasn't sure how ADCC East Coast trials was gonna go, but it went a lot better than expected. So <laughs> I mean, I guess you know, it's the 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 optimism you gotta always say optimistic i, I always yeah. say expect the best prepare for the worst mm-hmm. um, in all mm-hmm. situations mm-hmm. yeah so uh, sure. so um alex uh, let everybody know where they can find you on social media and any other shout outs that you may have yeah um i'm on instagram at a enriquez 218 um that's my instagram handle um and I also just put up my website uh, for my brand. Uh, Atlanta Jiu-Jitsu has become my my official brand for private seminars. You'll find all my information for contacting me, uh, the services I provide. Uh, and I just opened up a shop, so I'm selling stickers right now. Eventually, I'll get more products out. So uh, I'm excited for all of that happening. And I'd like to thank... Uh, of course, all my sponsors, uh, I have Break New Ground uh, and Ever Legendary. I both have codes for that. They're codes uh, Alex Enriquez at checkout for both of those uh, brands, as well as A&W Contracting and Primal Content. Um, uh, super thankful for all my sponsors for always supporting me, making all the traveling and everything uh possible um and also thank Paige uh who's on instagram at bjj mama for making this connection happen uh i had a lot of fun on this podcast and hope hope to be back uh sometime in the future for sure absolutely look i, I had a great time you're always welcome <laughs> to the show um thank actually you. want to talk to you after we're done recording uh, yeah thank I, you I, I have an idea Oh, sweet. Um, and, and for everyone listening, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, and I was like, oh, you have a beer podcast. I love beer, so <laughs> that'd be an amazing thing to be on. Um, I'll send you the link for it. It's, it's, it, it wasn't meant to be a beer review podcast. It was meant to be just uh, two guys, just kind of, we were like, hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Yeah, let's do a podcast. And then we were drinking beer one night. It was like, hey, what would you rate this beer? <laughs> yes, I love it. See, that's how great beginnings start on accident. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we like, yeah, it, it, it was a it was an adventure. So um I'll I'll send you the link for it though. It's yes, it's a very unique episode, episodic podcast <laughs> that we don't ever know what we're gonna talk about until we sit down and then it's like it's just really it's just two guys talking like what what would two friends talk about a happy hour that's yeah really I love it. so I love it. I love it. um but for all the listeners out there thank you as always for supporting the podcast and listening i do appreciate you all um if you have any questions concerns feel free to reach out i'm i'm a approachable person off the mass podcast on instagram bjj.wiki on instagram either or I'm, I, I always reply. Um, also, big shout out to my good friends over at Armbar Attic, Eric and Ali. They are doing amazing things on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, they have the website up with, with some great gear. 
I have a rash guard that's in route to me right now. Actually, by the time this comes out, I probably will have the rash guard. I'm recording this a, a couple weeks earlier. So um, hopefully by the time this comes out, I have the rash guard and pictures will be up. But I'm excited about it. So go check them out at armbaraddict.com and also same name on Instagram and TikTok. Also, a uh, big shout out and check out my other podcast that we're just referencing here, Colompton Social Club. It is a beer review podcast it actually just like i said start off as two friends talking trash and here we are I, you know like beer companies follow us so we're like okay i guess that's what we're doing now we're reviewing beers we just wanted to talk about basketball so um and also check out my newest podcast so you like horror it's a horror movie podcast and it's done twice per month covering such themes as zombies, um, splatter films such as Saw, uh, Scream franchise, uh, the Alien franchise, things like that. So, you know, we we dive deep into these topics and have a lot of fun with it. So if you're into horror movies, go check that out as well. Otherwise, again, thank you very much, everyone. I appreciate all the support. You guys keep listening. And I'll keep making the show. Thank you, everyone. And goodbye. They probably said, Now let me see his song.